This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Bruce, how you doing? Pretty good, Jimmy. Pretty good. They say that this card is not as appealing as some of the others, but it all pays the same, Bruce. It all pays the same. So, hey, man, how many of these do we have a year? So I love me a college football. It doesn't have to uh, be the glitz and glamour. Now, the Big Ten noon Eastern slate, and, and that, the Big Ten and Fox have brought that early slate up to, up a level. You know, they've really put some nice games yeah, Ohio State and Iowa this week, not so much. So uh, we will see. Uh, I do want to ask you, Bruce, we get into the picks real quick. Are we having a little competitive balance uh, in college football this year? Tennessee, Michigan, maybe a little, even an outside shot at UCLA, or there's some other contenders who can actually win the whole thing as opposed to just get in and get mauled in the semis. Yeah, we might. I, I wonder if if we we might lack a really dominant team this year. I mean, Ohio State has looked like it could be, could be. at times, and uh, but again, against a mostly lesser opposition, they've looked great. Um, you know, is, Georgia may be down a notch from last year. I think that's pretty clear about the right. defense isn't quite where it was, and Alabama's struggling. I think that's just the personality of Alabama. Too many times they're struggling when they hit the accelerator, they can win, but they have a lot of close games. So yes. I think it would, and I think the way some of these conferences are shaking out um, as well, and Pac-12, UCLA is a great example. Uh, how about um, TCU in the Big 12? I mean, all, I mean, that's a serious contender in the Big 12 this year. They're still unbeaten uh, heading into this week. And uh, Syracuse, we'll uh, maybe talk about that game in a little bit. They're still unbeaten, believe it or not, in the ACC. So, yeah, I mean, you do see that usually every year into October, some teams. But, I mean, these – these this bunch looks like it might have a chance in a more competitive uh, situation to extend this unbeaten mark and maybe threaten to get in the in the playoff. We'll see. All right, we bring up the Big Ten. Let's start there and let's start with the injury report because uh, both of these quarterbacks did not finish uh, the game uh, last week. Penn State at home is four over Minnesota. Initially, that looks a little low. Um, Minnesota, when they lost Tanner Morgan, they were outgained by more than 300 yards. The 26-14 Illinois win, that final score was not indicative of how badly they were beaten. Penn State, they got whooped uh, about as bad as you could be whooped. Uh, that score was worse. I mean, that, that game was worse than the final score. Penn State giving up 412 yards rushing. I would love this spot to go against Penn State, but I'm worried about the quarterback, worried about both quarterbacks uh, because classic sandwich spot. After Michigan, before Ohio State, that's right, Penn State played Michigan last week. They have Ohio State coming up. Uh, Penn State is four at home against Minnesota. 
Yeah, I I would uh, be liking Minnesota a lot more here if I had more clarity on the quarterback situation with Tanner Morgan. Got knocked out of the game last week, KO'd against the Fighting Illini. And, you know, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, he seems like he's been there since Lou Holtz was the coach. I mean, he was, he's been in there and he's been the, the rock and steady. And they went to a redshirt freshman, Kalikanikis, last week. I think I got the name right. Um, who struggled some. He's supposed to be a real gunslinger, they say, uh, but we didn't have a chance to see much of him last week, redshirt freshman. They've got another sophomore, Cole Kramer, who has not taken many snaps either. But, you know, if we got definitive word on, on Morgan being available, I think uh, Minnesota would have a shot. You know, you mentioned the way Michigan ran the ball last week on Penn State. Um, and you would think Mo Ibrahim, who was being mentioned as a potential Heisman contender, um, into about two weeks ago and has put up a lot of big numbers for Minnesota, could do some damage against that Penn State defense. Penn State does not have a great mark lately at home either as a favorite in Hap Valley, but this is not a big number. Uh, so I would, uh, you know, I'm like you. If, if I knew Morgan's in there, I think I'd give Minnesota a look. But until we get some clarity on the quarterback situation, and they haven't given it yet out of uh, Minneapolis, and Fleck uh, just doesn't have the answers yet, it makes it a little bit more tricky for us in this one. All right. Uh, uh, stay with the quarterback situation because we got to go to uh, Spencer Sanders, another guy. And we got got plenty of them in college football. With the COVID year, given a little extra year of eligibility uh, to uh, all these quarterbacks. But he has started for a number of years, and he is very important uh, to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State gets beat for the first time in overtime, losing a 14-point fourth-quarter lead in, uh, in Fort Worth against TCU. Texas is six and a half here. Texas is one of six teams that is uh, top 20 in yards per play offense and yards per play defense, and their schedule is considerably tougher than what a lot of others uh, in that, that fall, the other five <clears throat> that fall in that category as well. There's something about these teams, Texas and Oklahoma, before they leave to go to the SEC, and they're basically telling the rest of them, we're better than you. We've, we've, we've tried to tell you this for years. That's why our uh, revenue distributions are tiered, and you don't make as much as us to begin with. But there was a little extra juice in Lubbock when Texas was playing there for probably the last time in a long time. Mike Gundy's been very vocal, more against Oklahoma than uh, Texas, but you got to think they're going to have a little extra juice at T-Boom Pickens Stadium uh, for this one as well. i got to have clarity, though, that Sanders is going to start at quarterback, Bruce. Yeah, and unfortunately, Gundy is not giving us that clarity, at least yet. And it does seem like Sanders has been there since Gundy played quarterback. <laughs> Remember, he was, he was Hartley Dykes. <laughs> yes, Hartley Dykes and um, Thurman Thomas. So, you know, I do shows in Oklahoma and uh, – you know, people told me they, they're thinking Sanders probably will play, but Gundy is holding it close to the vest, so I'm not sure. They would probably need him. He's been there so long, uh, although he's had some up-and-down efforts thus far this season. But again, if we know Sanders is in there, I would give Oklahoma State a shot. A couple of notes. What you mentioned just a second ago, Jimmy, about these teams in the Big 12 giving Texas their best shot, even if they're on the road, even if they're in Austin, they are. Iowa State played a heck of a game last week. And by the way, there is a hard luck team of the year, losing all these games by three points or fewer. Um, there was looked like a uh, targeting shot on Hunter Deckers, the quarterback for Iowa State, when he fumbled late in the game when Iowa State was in position to either tie or go right. ahead, and they did not call it. And uh, you asked Matt Campbell, uh, well, if he's honest with you, and he, he wasn't too uh, too happy with, with the refs at that point. 
so that that was another team that gave it a shot against Texas. Texas was in trouble last week. I don't think they're going to be able to go and name the score against these teams like Oklahoma State that was cruising along unbeaten until last week. One thing, we've talked about that defense at Oklahoma State before, and Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator from last year, all of his blitz packages, well, he moved up to Ohio State with Ryan Day. They brought in Derek Mason. Uh, you know, last year he was at Auburn. Before that, of course, head coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, the back seven has been sort of rebuilt there, so that he has been a little more reluctant to put all that blitzing. He's kept a lot of the schemes from Knowles, but they haven't been blitzing quite as much. This defense has leaked more than it did last year, but they're still not bad. Last week, he threw a zone at Max Duggan, and Duggan was very frustrated until into the fourth quarter, and they started to figure things out. And that scoreline is a little misleading because it went into overtime. It was 30-30 at the end of regulation. So Mason looks like, you know, he can scheme. I mean, this is what he does. I mean, head coach, not sure. Defensive coordinator, not bad. And I think he might be able to, to fluster Texas just enough. Ewers has thrown seven TD passes since he came back. Four of those came against Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. But as long as Sanders is there, I think this is I mean, this is a very live dog and exactly what you say. Stillwater is going to be hopping whenever the Longhorns or Oklahoma show up in these next two seasons. This is the week for Texas to show up. Uh, 31-29, our score forecast for Texas. But that's assuming Sanders, Sanders is in there. If he's there, this is a very live dog this uh, Saturday. Let's go to another quarterback who was hurt and missed some time earlier, and he took some shots in the game in Knoxville last week, but he was outstanding. You took... If you ever want to see uh, where, you know, if you ever want to be reminded that the Heisman Trophy is a team award first, uh, how does Bryce Young play like that and fall down in the uh, Heisman uh, balloting? So are the odds. Uh, Hooker shot up from double digits all the way to two to one, only behind Stroud, who's now minus 150 uh, to win it at Bet Rivers. But Alabama and Nick Saban coming off of a loss and not just a loss, but where Alabama has, this has been a consistent problem this season. Very uncharacteristic of a Nick Saban buttoned-up type of team. With the 17 penalties, the most ever of any Alabama team, they are now 129th out of 131 teams in Division I as least penalized teams. Third to worst out of 131. That's not a Bama team. Mental mistakes on the punt. That's happened over and over. And even some uh, mismanagement of the game and the clock by Nick Saban. You cannot allow Tennessee to win the game in regulation when you have the ball that deep and they only have two timeouts uh, in less than a minute to go. All that being said, Alabama off of a loss. Well, Nick Saban's going to get the attention of his team. He's very good. But the odds makers know that as well. So they inflate the numbers. Even with inflated numbers, Alabama is 7-0 straight up off of a loss, 7-0 against the spread, by an average of 13 points of covering the spread against those inflated lines. Speaking of inflated lines, 21 is a big one against State. Boy, Nick in Alabama, tough in this spot. Yeah, they are. I, I hope they weren't uh, had a. I hope they didn't have an Affleck commercial scheduled to be filmed on Sunday because Saban would have been uh, not too happy about uh, that. And yeah, the penalty. Well, that's the third most penalized team in the country. Seventeen. That was that was just so uncharacteristic last week. But maybe not. Maybe that's characteristic of this Alabama team because they are getting whistled so much. You mentioned about Saban off a loss. The most recent example, uh, Jimmy, came last year in a regular season loss against Texas A and M. 
lost that game. The next game, who did they play? Mississippi State. So poor Mike Leach. Here he is again. He's catching Saban mad. Last year, that was pretty ugly. 49-9, only one yard rushing for Mississippi State in that game. I mentioned that. Now, normally I wouldn't too much with – with with Leach this year at least because they had been balancing things much better uh, until last week and then all of a sudden it didn't work the running game was gone and they they just went to uh, Will Rogers throwing and Rogers had his lowest passing uh, output of the season only 203 yards last week against Kentucky and they lost that game so that's two losses now for Leach but Saban seems to have taken extreme pleasure in uh, torturing Leach the last two years because in the COVID year it was 41-0. So you're talking 90-9 to the last two years, and it was, it was every bit as bad as that 49-9 to last year. The last time Saban uh, lost, Alabama lost a game to Mississippi State was Saban's first year, and Sly Kroon was still coaching at Mississippi State. So it's been a long, long time. And Mississippi State had a couple good teams in there, Dan Mullen teams for sure, with Dak and some others, but they could never beat Alabama. So this is another one of these long streaks that I think will endure. Leach, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, Bryce Young looked great last week. I think you'll get a cleaner effort from Alabama here. It might not have been fun to be at tied practice this week, I would think. So uh, let's call it 45-17 for Alabama to handle that price like they usually do, as you mentioned, Jimmy, off a loss. Don't underestimate the cowbell. Too, Bruce. I mean, two and zero in the conference games. Now we're talking two and zero. Win them by both double digits. Okay, in uh, at uh, in Starkville, zero and two on the road at uh, Baton Rouge and uh, Lexington, losing by double yep. digits. So the home and away splits uh, for this Mississippi State team pretty extreme uh, at this point. Uh, boy, I hate laying those big numbers, but boy, it's uh, it that is tempting. Undefeated. Okay, you mentioned some undefeated teams. We got one in the ACC. Uh, Clemson and Syracuse, out of all the teams we talked about in the ACC in our preview this year, um, the Syracuse did not come up as a possible uh, undefeated team at this point. But number four, Clemson against number thir- uh, 14, Syracuse. Clemson at home, 13.5 point favorites. They did get several of those DBs back who had been missing uh, earlier in the season, including that Wake Forest game. Yeah, I mean, think the schedule's broken pretty well for Dino, and he caught a real break last week when Leary for North Carolina State, the quarterback, was out. Yes. And now he's out for the rest of the season. So there's a big drop at NC State from uh, Leary to Chambers, the backup. So Dino, but they took care of business as they were expected to in that game, and they've been doing that. They started off the season good against Louisville. And Dino kind of refreshing. When I saw him at ACC Media Day in Charlotte in uh, July, I mean, somebody asked him, do you feel you know much pressure uh, this year and he said ah he said i still got 10 million left on my contract it's not pressure so i mean so, so it's true. kind of refreshing and, but he's shown the ability to adapt and i thought you know remember a few years ago it was just air raid there when they had you know eric dungy at quarterback and all they've kind of flipped the script but i think they've he's he's arrived at a pretty good balance here with uh with the schrader the the transfer from mississippi state at quarterback now he was in there last year too but he's a pretty good dual threat and he gives them some flexibility because now this is pretty much a run-first offense. Sean Tucker was one of the nation's leading rusher, if not the lead, leading last year. Big year running the football. He's running the football again well this year. So they will try to balance things out pretty well. And and Schrader is a quarterback who can make some things happen. Now, Dabo is on a 13-game win streak right now. And if you sequence that different, that would be a, a full season worth of undefeated. And... Uh, DJU is really starting to pick up the pace now. I mean, he looks very, very comfortable. And guys like me who thought Klubnik may unseat him by the end of the season, well, Dabo's reminding us each week that's not the case. 
Um, however, he, he has had some trouble in the past against Dino. Last year, now when Clemson was having trouble covering numbers earlier last year, they barely escaped this game. 17-14. Remember, a few years ago, Dino beat him up at the carry dome. Then he almost beat him the next year when Dabo was running out of quarterbacks and he needed Chase Bryce to bail him out. I think Syracuse can can do some things here and uh, and keep this thing respectable. And, uh, you know, it, the schedule gets a lot tougher this week for Syracuse, but they played these guys tough last year. Uh, they know what they're doing on offense. Veteran quarterback, they run the ball. Defense ain't bad. And even with Clemson getting a little healthier in the secondary, this defense has not been as good as a lot of people were thinking this year. Uh, this may not be an easy game for uh, Clemson. 31-23 updated score forecast here. Clemson wins. I don't think they cover it, though. I think Syracuse uh, gives this uh, a pretty good run uh, Death Valley on Saturday. All right, let's go to the American, where we uh, talked about uh, Tulane before the season. Willie Fritz in 2021, it was supposed to be his best team that he's had uh, at Tulane. Uh, and he won a lot of games at Georgia Southern before he went uh, to uh, Uptown New Orleans. Uh, but Hurricane Ida displaced them, and they were horrible. It became his worst team. So how much did we uh, you know, give them a pass for the Hurricane? Well, they're 6-1 and one, uh, this year, so uh, including a win at Kansas State, uh, who has turned out to be a pretty doggone good team this year as well. Memphis, on the other hand, geez, they blow some leads. Double-digit leads late against Houston on Friday night. Last week in Greenville, North Carolina, uh, that double-digit lead to East Carolina. They lose in overtime in that one. Now Tulane is seven at home against Memphis. Tulane, by the way, has crept into the rankings this week. You see him in there at 25. So there you go. Uh, Willie Fritz, like you mentioned, and we talked about this in the summer, that was an odd season last year. Obviously, Ida, they got displaced for that. And that disrupted the whole operation. He had to do some things on his staff. It was it, it just all started going wrong. Although, interestingly, they did pull it together toward the end of last season, played a couple of their better games. Fritz has won consistently wherever he has been. And even in the COVID year, the year before that, he got Tulane to a bowl game. So, I mean, I think the disruptions last year caused by Ida right on the heels of the COVID season when they managed to keep things together. I mean, there's a lot of teams would have had problems with that a year ago, but they have turned it around. The Kansas State win is extremely impressive. I mean, they are a serious challenger now in the American, and I think they got, you know, them or Cincinnati look like the team, and I think it might be Tulane. Michael Pratt, the quarterback, he has, he continues to improve, posting some very good numbers. They balance the offense. Spears a good runner. You mentioned this about Memphis. I, I wonder, I mean, Ryan Silverfield, it's, it's been close the last couple of weeks, but the Houston game was a real, real gut punch for them. 26 points surrendered in the fourth quarter, a kickoff return, and then two Houston touchdowns in the last minute, 18. And then that four overtimes last week at Greenville against East Carolina. So you wonder how much Memphis, you know, before this thing might buckle. And, um, Seth Hannigan can put up some numbers at quarterback, but the defense tends to, you know, uh, tends to fall apart, you know, in these clutch situations. I don't think it'll be a clutch situation this week. I think Mem uh, Tulane takes charge here. And uh, with Michael Pratt at quarterback, 31-17, Tulane, our score forecast. One other note, Memphis, now last week they did cover that game at Greenville, barely, uh, but that's only two spread covers in 12 as a visitor for Ryan Silverfield since he took over from Mike Norvell a few years ago at Memphis. So they have generally not traveled that well, and you're facing a hot two-lane team this week that I think has the advantage. Uh, Bruce, the last two weeks, 17- uh, and 19-point leads 
uh, loss by Memphis uh, at uh, at East Carolina and at home against Houston. All right, uh, Group of Five. Uh, well, count sort of independent Group of Five. UNLV, the running Rebels, go to South Bend. Get your peacock on. You got to have peacock to see this one. Notre Dame, 26 and a half. What's up your sleeve on this one, Bruce? Well, first of all, NBC is real glad it's got the peacock now to dump some of these dubious Notre Dame home games, like this one, uh, and it's very dubious. They got this Las Vegas thing going. You know, they played here a couple of weeks ago against BYU, so, you know, who knows? This is They're trying to annex uh, uh, Vegas. Now they get the <laughs> Rebels at home. You, you talked about, uh, you know, splits for Mississippi State earlier. Uh, how about the splits for Notre Dame? But it's inside out. It's just the opposite of Mississippi State. They have yet to cover a spread at home. They've lost twice as a double-digit favorite at home to Marshall and Stanford. Last week, they could have lost a game to Cal, and they've covered all the games away. This game is in South Bend this week, so they have had some problems there. I'm not sure Drew Pine is as far along as we thought uh, at quarterback, uh, though he seemed to be making progress there as he took over for Buckner. But uh, last week, it sort of went in the reverse. Now, UNLV, the last two games, not good. Outscored a combined 82-14. to 14. Lost somewhere in Lake Mead. Harder to do these days, but, I mean, they have gone adrift. Uh, however, their quarterback, Doug Brumfield, has missed. He got knocked out early in the San Jose State game, missed last week, head and ankle injuries. They think he's probably going to play here this week. Uh, if he doesn't, I'd be a little bit reluctant with this, with the backup Cameron Friel, who has not been able to move the offense at all the last two weeks uh, against the Air Force in San Jose. But if Brumfield's in there, he's, that at least prevents the defense from getting back on the field too quickly if you're going three and out, which is what happened last uh, uh the last two weeks and w- with Brumfield this this team uh, had been looking really good early on I mean they started off very fast here is the technical note of the weekend here uh, UNLV visiting as a non-conference visitor has covered 13 of its last 14 games and visiting power five schools has covered eight straight now um, that, that seems a little odd, but every year we see it, and we saw it earlier this year up at Cal, the same team that almost beat Notre Dame. Well, UNLV almost beat Cal and Berkeley and covered that game. So there are some real trends here that even the ghost of Liberace knows this is when you bet on UNLV, when they're taking getting points out on the road in non-conference. So uh, let's call it uh, 33-17 Notre Dame. I want Brumfield in there for sure, but if he's in there, this becomes a big go for me. On UNLV this week. Oh, Brumfield uh, is everything what they do on offense. A, dru- a dual threat. Uh, he's accounted for 13 touchdowns, uh, eight th- through the air and five through it with his legs. And, you know, ATDs, only two interceptions. And you could see early on in week zero, no, he was he's a guy that they run a the whole offense around. He's a big physical guy that's athletic and got a live arm. So, no, uh, him being in and out of the game is a, a huge deal. And, boy, uh, Marcus Freeman uh, losing again. But these double-digit dogs are hitting a little bit outright this week. And I'm talking about, like, 13- to 17-point dogs. It's happened twice uh, in South Bend this year with Marshall and also Stanford. So, UNLV plus 26.5 in there. And a total uh, out in the Mountain West. Hawaii uh, uh, makes a trip to Fort Collins, Colorado, to take Colorado State. Colorado State at home, 5 and 46.5. You want to look at the total, Bruce. Yeah, and uh, boy, the bottom half of the Mountain West this year, there's a lot of struggle there. And uh, Colorado State's looked a little bit more competitive lately. They... 
broke that long 10 game uh, straight up and spread losing streak against Nevada uh, two weeks ago and then uh, covered again last week against Utah State. But look at the scores here. I mean, of the team, it's like the whole bottom uh, half of the Mountain West is like the college version of the Broncos. I mean, 16, 17, 15, 13. That's all the scores here. CSU is under every game this year since Jay Norvell showed up. So uh, under has been the way to look for them. They really are struggling. I mean, the quarterback situation has been up in the air for them. They just can't establish much offensively. They don't, they're don't. they right near the bottom of the nation in stats and in scoring. And I'm surprised this number is up there uh, is up there that high on the total side this week. Hawaii isn't all that explosive either. Uh, although you know they did win the game against Nevada last week, another under for them there under the previous game against San Diego State. Any of these lower half Mountain West teams, um, when totals are there in the 40s, there's a couple of totals in the 40s this week in the involving Mountain West teams. But this one stood, stood out to me the most because CSU is having so much trouble scoring. And uh, they've been under every game thus far. So you would have thought they would have lowered this uh, total a little bit. They haven't yet. So definitely an under for me. I'm not brave enough to pick either of these sides here, but I'm definitely brave enough to look at the total in the Mountain West where there have been a lot of unders this year and in every Colorado State game. So let's do it again. Uh, under this week, uh, CSU, Hawaii. All right, so recapping Bruce's picks. Under uh, 46.5, Colorado State and Hawaii. Uh, UNLV plus 26.5. Tulane minus 7. Oklahoma State, got to make sure Sanders is playing there, but uh, he's uh, probable at plus six and a half. Alabama minus 21, taking the uh, their frustrations out on the Pirate again. And Syracuse, you're looking for them to step up in class, uh, taking the 13 and a half against Clemson. Bruce Marshall at the gold sheet for Bruce Marshall. I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.